1: 3 down and now just 5 to go. At the beginning of this season, when Ange Postacoglu walked into the building at Celtic Park, he faced a huge job to try and reshape a squad and mount a credible title challenge yet. With only five games to go, the Premiership trophy is within his grasp. Celtic are six points ahead. There is no need to rely on other results. Celtic have got it all in their own hands in the task of finishing the job that they have started so impressively. Begins in Dingwall on Sunday against Ross County. On today's Record Podcast, we're joined by a former Celtic title winner in Chris Sutton and Record Sports' Michael Gannon to assess the situation going forward. Obviously, last Sunday's loss to Rangers in the semi-finals of the Scottish Cup means there'll be no treble for Celtic. But we'll ask Chris and Michael how the league will unfold after the Premier Sports Cup Success early on in the season and where they feel the squad are placed to try and get the job done. Gents, how are we today? Are we well? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, yourself and, and yeah. you, Mick, are you all
0: right? Yeah, all good. the the, the sun's out, the spring's here, it's, uh, it's all good.
1: Is that it? out, Michael?
0: Aye. got get the gardener be due any day soon now, I think. The garden needs to done again this year. So my my gardener should be arriving this week, hopefully.
2: <laughs> they they pay you guys some sort of money, don't they? The record. <laughs> I've only got a small garden, Chris. Remember? <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, it's, it's a box outside the window. Um, lads, obviously, Hamden last Sunday for Celtic. we we'll Deal with that quickly. It was a disappointing day uh, for the team. Got the noses in front against Rangers. Lost the semi-final. Chris. As opposed to looking back to the game, how do you think that affects the Celtic squad going forward for the final five games? Does it have any bearing of what's to come?
2: No, I, I don't think so uh, whatsoever. In in many ways, the defeat may just give the team a bit of a jolt to think that the, the league uh, was never done. And I never thought it was over. I mean, people are talking about the six-point gap and the goal difference. I get that, but because of the nature of the split and because... Rangers are quite capable of going to Celtic Park uh, and winning. I think the teams are so close and so evenly matched that that's that's not impossible. And now, I suppose, after Sunday's, um, not the result, but because of the Rangers' performance, then, you know, there will be Celtic fans who possibly thought that the league was over who will be worrying a little bit now. And with the nature of the... Uh, the game up at Dingwall, Ross County, have got a, a pretty good record. I think, uh, I mean, you guys are, you know know all this sort of stuff, but I think Celtic were the last team to beat them. They're back in December. I think I'm right in saying that. And the, uh, so that, you know, their home record is very good, uh, Ross Counties. But in terms of the result of the weekend, Celtic, uh, I mean, the run was incredible, which they, which they were on. I was more disappointed with the performance and the way that the team played. They uh, they seemed to lack a bit of energy, which was uh, surprising. I think Jack and was a, uh, a huge miss in terms of Rangers press them high. They were brave and Celtic weren't good enough and sharp enough to play through them. Having said all that, if Carter Vickers sticks the, the one in at 1-0, it may have been a, a, a totally different uh, outcome and different game, but it wasn't. And I thought on the day, Rangers deserved to beat Celtic.
1: Michael, Kuss makes a point about the Rangers' performance against Celtic last Sunday uh, and it was good. Um, but the fact of the matter is that, regardless, uh, uh, and it's sorry, and he also makes the point that there's another game to come between the teams in the league. But regardless of that, given the situation that Celtic have put themselves in, they almost don't have to even consider that game, do they? Four wins against the other four teams gets the job done. That's that's a factor, is it not? Well.
0: Oh yeah, they know they know it's, it's in their own hands. They're certainly, a better position than Rangers. I mean, six points ahead, the five to go with a massive goal difference. I think it would take a big collapse now to lose the league. I think, mean, I think, uh, I know it's still, it's still live. There's a lot to be done, but I think it would be classed as a big collapse if it don't go over the line now.
2: Would it, would it not um, be a bigger collapse, Mick? Rangers 25 points at the start of the season. I mean, would you, would you not say that's a bigger collapse? That's a big,
0: that's a, that's a big collapse in itself. But, but I do think if you're sitting with six points and massive goal difference, with five to go and don't win the league. That is a, that would be class as a collapse. I mean, Celtic sure, have done though, the, though the
2: though hard work to, to get? Head. So it's not. So it's not. So you know. So we say that Rangers are quite capable of beating Celtic. Would we? Well, all Celtic, agree to it, that? Celtic,
0: Celtic have dropped points in three games in the last twenty-six in the league. They need to drop points in three of the last five. I think dropping points in three of the last five games would be a class as a collapse. Yeah. Well, um
2: well, but, but I don't is think that, it's is all that undone. Not Slightly dis- is that not slightly disrespectful to the other teams?
1: No, I don't think so, Chris. I think
0: that's just the nature of a title race,
1: isn't it? Well, there's, a, there's a flip side to this as well, Michael and Chris, that should Celtic uh, repeat the Celtic Park performance against Rangers and beat Rangers at Celtic Park and, on Sunday it's week, it's done. Yeah. There the, the, only is one other another required at the final four games. So well, if Celtic will look at it in that way, is that the way even Celtic be look at Michael?
0: Yeah, even, no, a draw, even, a, even a draw will be enough to do that. Listen, they're an absolute prime position. I, I I don't think it's done yet. I agree with Chris, I don't think it's done quite yet because of the nature of the, the way the, the league is shaped with the split. You're putting teams in the top half who are the better sides and it, there's there's more danger and it only takes a, a, a defeat and it swings again. And if, if they don't get a result this weekend, it's completely back on again. So guys, I, I, I,
1: guys I'll, I'll flip a question. Sorry to break in, Michael. I'll flip a question to the two of up the, the sort of running order we had. Does Sunday's game at Dingwall become almost the most important of the lot? By that, I mean, if they win that game, it almost is a free hit. Against, not free hit against Rangers, but it takes a lot of pressure off that game. Whereas, should anything be dropped at Dingwall on Sunday, it adds massive pressure to Celtic into in the home game with Rangers. Is it vital that the game is won on Sunday, even though Celtic have room for a slip against one of the other four teams? Do you guys feel it really can't come on Sunday? that's the one they can't slip up on because it just opens the door at a bad time.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I, I think that. I think that, uh, you know, people would then look at the, uh, the semi-final uh, defeat and the semi-final performance as much as anything. And I, I think Sunday uh, will be a difficult game. And I'll tell you why. Because the pitch at Dingwall, um, you know, when I saw it a month back, looked pretty horrific. Celtic like to play a quick passing game. And it's it's not going to suit that. We don't know whether Jack uh, is is fit or not. Uh, I think he's a big deal for Celtic in these last five games or so. I know I know um, Kyogo is back in, but I think that his physicality and the way that he moves in the box and just giving Celtic a different dimension, he's key. And I, don't, I look, I, I don't know when he's going to be back. How bad his um, his hamstring niggle is, but you know I think that's going to be a big deal if he's fit. But I think the game in in terms of uh, getting the momentum back, that would be the one. And in that respect, so if Celtic beat Ross County at the weekend, then going into the Rangers game, the players will know, you know, one last real push here and, uh, and the league is done on the flip side of that. Any points dropped, however they're dropped, um, you know, it will leave the door open for Rangers. But I think it'll be a, you know, a tough game. and, And, you know, the, the pitch being a big factor in it up at Dingwall.
1: Chris, you will be able to give an insight that neither Michael nor I can give and probably all of the listeners as well, unless your friend Henrik tunes into your Celtic podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. What's it like in a dressing room? You've been there. I I believe you won a Premier League title with Blackburn. Is that true? I don't think you've mentioned it. Did you win this? (laughs) Um, And you, you you also won titles at Celtic. You'll have been in that dressing room with guys who haven't been over the course. You weren't, you weren't over the course, you know, the first time you did it, obviously, at Blackburn. W- what, how does it change for players? D- does it get nervy? Do people think about it? Give us an insight into what it's like in there when it gets um, to this.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one. I mean, at Blackburn, we, we, you know, we stumbled at the end, didn't we? I mean, it's, it's interesting because there are There are similarities in the fact that we didn't come from behind at Blackburn to win the league, and there are, I suppose, that's you know this Celtic team would be in a a a better position than our Blackburn team in having players who have been the course and the distance. You know, look at the captain uh, Callum McGregor being one of them to you know that now and that knowledge and that experience to get over the line. I think the only. The only person who had uh, who had uh, won a Premier League uh, in that black, whole Blackburn uh, team and squad, if you want to call it that, uh, was Kenny Dalglish, and he'd won you know many, many, many leagues in terms of playing personnel. It was none, so maybe we lacked a little bit of experience. And now, but you know, we you know we got over the over the line. I think. Um, Look, does experience help? Uh, yes, I, I I do think it helps, but it doesn't it doesn't guarantee anything on the on the flip side of that. I just think Celtic have to get back to uh, the process and the mindset which they were. And and have been continuously under Ange Postecoglou, and and now they're getting near, you know, near near to the uh, finish line. Just carry on regardless, really. The performance against St Johnston was, you know, was excellent. Uh, you know, the seven nil. In many respects, I looked at that performance and thought mm, that might be a little bit dangerous. In the fact that you know there may have been supporters out there and fans out there who thought you know it, it's it, you know it was going to be like this from now to the end of the season, but I never thought it would be like that, especially in the head-to-head games with Rangers. You know, at the turn of the year, Celtic's form was excellent going into the uh, into the game at uh, Celtic Park, where they walloped Rangers three nil, and then the winner Ibrox was massive. But I, I don't know what you guys thought, but I always thought that that would be. A really tall order for any team at the start of the year to to, to you know out of the four remaining head to heads to win all four. I thought that was nine impossible because how closely they are matched. Now both teams are missing key players, Morelos for Rangers, Jakamakis for Celtic. But I think the game on Sunday, if Celtic win on Sunday, that takes them, you know, so far. And and we're also we're also assuming that Rangers are gonna win every game here, aren't we? Now to the end of the season. And that's not a given. For, for you know instance, 2-0 up against Motherwell. Uh, and, uh, you know, they let a, a, a lead slip there. So that's not a given that Rangers are going to uh, win every game. They're going to be on a high because of European competition. And I think that they took that high into the game at the weekend. But, you know, there's every chance Rangers will drop points as well, which, of course, would benefit Celtic.
1: Yeah, Michael, you you obviously listened to the for example the, the, the commentary from the players themselves. South of the border at the moment between Liverpool and, and Manchester City and their mindset is very very much the other team is pretty much going to win every game. And is that that's how Celtic have to read this, isn't it? That Rangers will win the four games in the split. After the well, split. That, that, the that, that, games. they have to bank on that, don't they, Celtic? They have to. Yeah, that, that's always
0: a mindset up up here though. I think that's that's always the, the, the you're always having to assume that the especially the Glasgow two that the other one's gonna get a result. That's that's what that's what makes it such a precise environment. That's this this must-win mentality that you have to have playing for Celtic and Rangers because you, you can't rely on on results elsewhere. So I think so they have to think that they need to well, they need three wins to be guaranteed. And I think they've got to, that's what they've got to be keep thinking. Um You've remember as well, Chris touched on it there, setting up against a good Rangers team, I think I think there's a temptation in Scotland that if you win a couple of old firm games, that the other team are hopeless and that the, one, the one that wins is fantastic. That's not the yeah. case. These teams are very very evenly matched. Rangers have just crossed the, a European semi-final. They're a good side. Um, Celtic didn't look at it at Hamden at the weekend. I, thought they were, I think they were. looked a bit jaded for whatever reason as well. But they also plays as a good team. That's, you have to accept it as a good side up against who can't Michael,
2: up
1: you, made a, you made a very good point to, the, to I believe to the to the Celtic manager himself on Friday, uh, when you spoke to him about that that Glasgow often has a way of if one team is playing well, the other one must be terrible. And I think you made the point yeah. then that it could just be that Glasgow, Celtic and, and Rangers have two good teams well, this season. And I mean, I agree with that, didn't it?
0: Well, I go, back to, I go back to Chris's time, 2003. So they got to a UEFA uh, Cup final. Rangers won, won the treble. It was two right good teams, and they both had successful seasons. And I think this year, if Celtic won the league and the League Cup double. If Rangers go on win the Scottish Cup and get to a final in, in Europe, they both will have successful t- seasons. And in, in Glasgow, you can't have one happy and uh, both happy at the same time. It's got to be <laughs> yin and yang. Whereas it actually could be the case that they both have successful seasons. Um, I don't think you'd argue against getting to a European final wouldn't be seen as a success um, so it's going to be it's still I think Celtic are, are in such a strong position now I think they will get over the line but I, this game at the weekend I think is, as you guys have touched on it's, it's fraught with danger, isn't it Dingwall it's, um, it's such a difficult place to go difficult environment not because of the atmosphere like that. because of the, the lack of atmosphere and they say the pitch and the surroundings—a really difficult game against a team that's probably what the fourth, fourth best in the country this season in terms of forms since September.
1: So it's—it's going to be a slog. Not, not to mention about two hundred quid worth of diesel to get there. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just say, uh,
2: sorry, Mick, <laughs> Mick. makes a really good point about you know the two teams and, and them both being good teams, and that—I mean—that's the beauty of the Glasgow environment in many respects, but but also. You know, you you go back to my day, you you know, you think of the Rangers players, you think of the Celtic players who we had, you know, Larson, Moravchik, Lennon, Lambert, uh, you know, the Rangers players, the De Boers, Van Bronckhurst, Michael Moles, Barry Ferguson. And and, and the teams were so close. So, you know, going into the games, nobody, you know, we all, you know, I saw the record predictions again. And uh, I mean... You know, the, the last lot of predictions from the record and the ones before. I mean, you lot couldn't have been more wrong, could you really? <laughs> the predictions, you know, you should have gone the other way around. But that's, but that's how close it all is. You know, we all, we, we all have an idea how things go. But because the teams are so closely matched, bottom line is this uh, with Rangers. Van Broncos, uh, Giovanni Van Broncos lost his first two games against Celtic. He, uh, I think there were Rangers fans out there questioning him. Braga equalised last Thursday night and Rangers are on the brink of going out of the Europa League, Okay, There are Rangers fans there. I mean, imagine had they lost the game to Braga. The pressure going on Van Bronckhurst in the, uh, you know, going into the game at the weekend. Uh, And he won the game at the weekend and his team performed very well. Van Bronckhurst was never a dud before. Absolutely not. I think he's done a pretty decent job taking over, you know, a, a, a Rangers team, you know, under Steven Gerrard who you know, something wasn't quite right. And it's like Mick says, just just Celtic have been excellent. From Celtic's point of view, you know, this is one defeat domestically in however many games. Now, That's the fair. Celtic players just have to look at the big picture and think, well, you know, this this really shouldn't um, derail us. This should galvanise us and, and make us more concentrated on the job in hand. And not not more determined, because I don't think they're any more determined, but just to play with that real desperation which Celtic need to get over the line now Ross County is a difficult game but you have to look at it like this Ross County what have they got to play for really
1: Europe Europe I, was, I mean I was going to comment that Michael or Mac whatever you prefer um, <laughs> <laughs> how do you view the other teams I mean uh, in the sense of there can sometimes be a Feeling at this stage of the season that some guys are already looking at the holidays. Um, Hearts have got a cup final to look forward to. They'll have guys play, are there. Guys playing for places. Are they guys looking after themselves to make sure they're fit for Hamden? You know how do you look at Dundee United, Ruska? I mean, are they relaxed? More likely to go in and and, and play with a bit of freedom against Celtic <laughs> in the last few games, or do you think they've got less of an edge that would give Celtic? Well-
0: South- this is when you find out, I mean, I think Hearts can now wrap themselves in cotton wool, really, until the cup final. When they're they're home and dying third. So i imagine you you wouldn't see I can't imagine Hearts would be going full throttle um <clears throat> after the, the split. The other three, I mean United, Ross County and Millwall, they're all probably quite glad to be in the top six. They might actually I mean, the, I know there's this European place up for up for grabs as well, which is a, it's a nice little carrot for them. But nobody I mean nobody really I mean if they whoever gets that place will see it as a bonus. I mean, so, so things
1: dynamic, isn't it, Michael? Because normally, and, and this is with the greatest no. respect to the teams that are in it, because they deserve to be in it. But normally, when you talk about the post-top six, you know, the top six games post-split, there's a Pottodry in there, or there's an Easter Road in there, or there's a people look at the fixtures and thinking. And people, I I get the impression people are looking at the fixtures slightly differently this year, which is disrespectful to the teams who have made it because they've made yeah. it on merit. But no. if you look at like mother? Well, it's not it doesn't feel like top six no, games that have been in the past.
0: But, but remember, moment, no? but remember Swanny, usually if you're thinking Hibs, Hibs and Aberdeen are in there, right, and it's Hibs and Aberdeen going for that European spot. That is a battle and a half for Hibs and Aberdeen because they, they're they the clubs that are, are built to be finishing top four into Europe every year, compete for silverware. These are clubs that are meant to be there. Um, unfortunately for these two sides this season, they have been hopeless and they're finishing the bottom six. So the, the clubs that are there now I don't have to. Don't have, there's no pressure on them to finish fourth. I mean, they're not going to have people um, outside the, the stands with the pitchforks if Ross County don't get into Europe this year. Whereas we get that at Um I've seen managers sacked at Butoji for not getting into Europe. So it's, it does keep a different. Dynamics. Do you the pitch? The pitchfork <laughs> thing, Mick. Aberdeen. Pitch. <laughs> Let's not get pitchforks in Aberdeen and Dingwall.
2: And certainly, you've got one side, haven't you? Sort of here then. <laughs> it's an it's an amazing slight on the uh, on the farming community around the country. <laughs> 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 up no. for a farming community,
1: Chris, it's going to be you.
0: Exactly, picked the wrong fight here. Um, <laughs> the farmer the farmer's voice. <laughs> um, no, but it does. It's a different dynamic, isn't it? These teams—they have nothing to lose. So does that does that make them more dangerous, or does that make them mm. slightly less inclined to get to put the boot in? I don't know.
2: Um, the pressure's off off them isn't it but you know they'll have their their eye on Europe but you know as I've seen before it it may free them up but you know with what's look Celtic have to just concentrate on the process and uh, you know and just go back to what's got them into that position and that's being ruthless that's being uh, super creative which uh, I thought they really lacked at the weekend I thought that you know, for one of the only times this season, Celtic looked uh, in the final third like they didn't really have any nous, uh and they didn't create opportunities. And um, with the change of goalkeeper for Rangers, I thought that they'd put him under far more pressure uh, than they did. And that was disappointing. But as I say, if I was in that Celtic team, I'd think, well, you know, let's look at that as a as a blip and. You know, that really kick us into gear now because of the importance of the next game against the Ross County team. Well, they want to get into Europe, but, you know, the, the pressure's off them. It may be difficult, but go up there and play with an intensity and try and blow Ross County away in the first 30 minutes. Uh, you know, I think that's what Celtic, the Celtic players will be thinking. Uh, and have have to do they've got them so they've come so far and we mustn't forget that you know i i do i i really do think that that the team have come so far celtic fans would have bitten an arm off possibly at the start of the season to be six points behind going into the last five games they're six points in front so people are saying well it's theirs to lose but there's still a long, long way to go uh, in this. But in, in terms of the Celtic players' mindset, it's just about the next game, win the next game, and that, that takes them another large step closer.
0: can I ask you question, Chris, at the weekend there? Um, I mean, given Celtic had eight days to prepare for that, that that Cup game and Rangers have been playing midweek for the last two or three weeks and so they haven't been, why do you think Celtic looked a bit jaded
2: at Hampden? i I, t- I tell you what I thought, and I don't know what you guys thought about the game. I thought that uh, the last game at Ibrox where Celtic won, Rangers were, a, they had a bit of joy early on with the press, but they were slightly tentative with the press at times. Uh, but I also thought that Jack and Maccas, the reason Jack and Maccas was a big miss is that there was nowhere for Joe Hart to go at times playing out yeah. in the back. And we know that we know that the way that Ange Postecoglou wants the team to play and to, and to take chances. But then Joe Hart kept clipping balls up the pitch and, you know, Celtic didn't have that physicality or anybody to hold it. And then I thought another big part of the game was uh, when Rangers were winning the first ball, they were also winning the second ball and and the knockdowns. And I didn't didn't think Celtic were aggressive enough uh, in the middle of the park. Having said all that, um, I do think that the referee had a large part to play. Uh, in you know in that and and let things go which shouldn't have been let go but uh, but you know that takes nothing away from from Rangers' performance. I thought Lundstrom, who had a uh, an iffy start to his Rangers career, I th- you know I think he's really coming on to a good form at the right time for Rangers. But you know it's up to Celtic to respond. And just like I never thought after Celtic deservedly beat Rangers at Ibrox that uh, that you know that was the end for Rangers. Neither do I think that. That the defeat by Rangers uh, does, you know, means that Rangers are going to win the next game at uh, at Celtic Park. It's about performing on the day. It's about winning your duels. Celtic didn't win enough of them on the day, but I do think Jack coming back will give Celtic that different dimension and somebody with that ability to hold the ball. And I th- I thought they, you know, if if they're not going to be brave and and really get on the ball and try and play through Rangers, I do think that's a problem. So it's something which Ange Postecoglou will have to address or or be far more aggressive on the second balls. I'm just wondering, Chris, I mean, I I was surprised that when
0: Celtic got the goal at the weekend, I thought Rangers looked as though they sagged and looked they looked tired at that point and they were there for the taking. But Celtic never really had the energy to go and kick on and grab the game with the scruff of the neck at that point. And the next time I thought Celtic looked the ones that looked more tired than than Rangers. I'm just wondering, hearing a lot of stuff I've been saying, and they keep saying the same things, that the training's really intense, it's super intense, really intense. Does training need to be intense in April?
2: Well, I can't. It's very difficult for me to comment uh, on, because, you know, I'm not partly to what goes on. Yeah, that may just be a line they're spinning. You know, know, train, train as you play. Does it need to be intense? Well... I think it's very, very difficult to to question a manager if you look at his track record about his training techniques. When his, oh on, totally, yeah, yeah, where, where, you know, and he's won titles in the J League, won titles in Australia, he's transformed uh, a team who were so bad, who were so bad last season, lacking energy, lacking a style of play, lacking a brand of football, and he's transformed it through his recruitment, and it's been so quick. I think we take that for granted. Sometimes, so when there is a blip, and as we know the nature of Glasgow, everybody starts panicking, and it's the end of the world. Celtic have lost the game to Rangers. That means they're going to they're going to lose every other game they play against Rangers forever, and vice versa. It doesn't work like that. The teams the teams are closely matched. That you know that is it. Celtic were better at, uh, than Rangers in the last two games. And in fairness to Van Bronkos, he you know he he's he's found a way. He was he was really aggressive with his team selection and said to Celtic, "We're going to press you high. We you know we're going to match you. You're not going to be able to play out." Celtic lacked that out ball or that ability to get out. And and you know then you can look at individual players. I thought Jota was disappointing. I thought he was you know he was flagging at the weekend. Abada, I think he hadn't played the, or started the previous five games. You know he. He didn't really carry a threat. I thought McGregor was very good, uh, as always, and they got on top of Rogic, who you know Rogic has been a genius against Rangers in in so many games. But these, you know, these things happen. You say, well done to Rangers, and you know, from Celtic's point of view, you have to think, well, you know, the next game, Celtic are going to have to be aware that they're going to have to be sharper. I used to, you're standing in the tunnel in these games, right? You, you know the op, you know before the game. In the dressing room, you know the opposition. I couldn't stand Rangers, right? But we respected them. <laughs> we respe- I, I respected their uh, ability to play football. You know, the De Boers, brilliant. World-class players, Van Bronckhurst, Arthur Newman, Barry Ferguson was a good footballer, George Alberts, um, Michael Moles. You know, you, could, you can reel name after name off. We knew they were a good team. But also, you know, looking around the dressing room, the players we had, Moravchik, Larson, Lambert, uh, Lennon, Mialbi, Didier Agat was always a, a big player. What we did know is that in these games that we had to perform at a really high level to win these games. And if we were slightly off it, which Celtic were at the weekend, then we would get beaten because Rangers had some, some really excellent players. And that's that's where we're at now. Now, do I think these, these two teams uh, of... Uh, this year 2022 were as good as the teams of uh, of back in my day. I don't, I don't think they were quite at that level if I'm honest, but I think that they are so closely matched and over the last 10 years, it has been so strange, hasn't it? Because we know the reasons why, but it's been so one sided one sided from Celtic's point of view. And then last season, the wheels fell off and Rangers won at, at the canter. Now both teams are level. And everybody's panicking again in Glasgow and, and the feelings there and the intensity is there. That's that's the way we sort of want it. But when it comes round again like this, nobody seems to to like it. That's, <laughs> that, that's just a, that's just the nature of, of, of what it is. It was it was tense at the weekend. I'll take you back a cad cart. The Vickers scored Celtic would have won the game and Van Broncos would have been a, do- a dud that wouldn't have been fair. That wouldn't have been fair on him because, it, you know, he's done... I think he's done pretty well at Rangers, just like I think Hans Postacoglu's done exceptionally well at Celtic. So, you know, we've got two good teams. Uh, Scottish football should be really happy that we're in that position, but we know it doesn't work like that. And it's all about pummeling the opposition into the floor. And if they, you know, whoever, whoever comes out on top, the other team are hopeless.
1: I've got three left because I know Chris has a lot of important business to be getting on with, and needs to get off the podcast. So, of the three questions, I have the first one to Michael, and then the last two to Chris. Michael, will Celtic go on and win it? Simple question.
0: I think they will, but I think there's a few twists and turns still to be had. I think it might go to the wire. I think it might go to the last day.
1: Wow. Chris, you just made reference there to one or two decisions last Sunday. Um, VAR will now be in Scottish football um, next season. <laughs> You've seen it all unfold in England. Yeah, not so successfully to start with. Maybe better now. What do
2: you think Is about it? that? Uh, I don't think it's going to solve anything really. Uh, you know, maybe they should have spent the VAR money on. Training the referees to an adequate level, uh, because I don't think the level is is there. Is VAR going to solve? You know, I just think it will cause it will cause more panic. It's going to be, listen, it,
0: VAR is meant to kind of uh, remove the, the controversy from, from football decisions. But I've
2: got a funny feeling in Scotland it may add to them. There's maybe fine an one. argument then to get referees from a, from abroad into referee the games, isn't there?
1: Well, well your, your old teammate John Halson said, uh, what about getting the VAR guys from down south?
2: Um, well, I think VAR hasn't worked particularly well down south. <laughs> you know, I think that this... <laughs> well, I can't I understand mean, that was, <laughs> We're getting, we're getting VAR that's like, blind, that's like the blind leading the blind I think uh, <laughs> get, what's happened this season
0: we're getting VAR but it's not till not till halfway through the season and we're not getting goal line technology so Im, that,
2: that, that sums that. it up that sums Im, it up in Scotland yeah. imagine that imagine imagine what could happen if there's a goal which is marginally over the line or ruled in for Rangers ruled in for Celtic controversy then VAR comes in the same you know a, a similar situation happens and it goes the other way I mean that that yeah, that that's that's absolutely ridiculous. Whoever, whoever, uh, whoever came up with that—that's not going to happen. Do you, do you know the biggest issue with VAR is? I think if you if you look at VAR in in the Champions League and in European competition, it works well. I think it worked perfectly well at the Euros. I think down south, uh, it were, What happened is is uh, they tweaked with it too much. But I mean, you know, VAR in Scotland isn't going to solve anything. I think it will actually add to the uh, to the bedlam really Uh, and there'll be more more theories conspiracy (laughs) theories all good stuff all good stuff on that note
1: we're putting into this bedlam uh, Chris Michael thank you very much for your time today much appreciated
0: thank you cheers chaps
1: thanks everyone for listening good luck